Welcome to the Feeding Humans podcast, where we talk about the joys and challenges of nourishing ourselves and the kids we love in spirit, mind, and body. For many of us, the struggle with food and feeding is real every day and can be a source of constant frustration. But understanding the countless ways the human experience influences how we relate to food, how we parent, and how we feed our families can help us see these struggles in a new light. And since our kids are human too, it helps explain their sometimes maddening responses. I'm your host, Katherine Zavodny, registered dietitian, eating disorder specialist, family feeding expert, and fellow human. I'm so glad you joined me today. Hey there, friend. Welcome back to another episode of the Feeding Humans podcast. I'm so happy to have you with me today. I hope you're doing well and having a lovely day. Thanks for bringing me along for part of it. I want to just remind you before we get started today, if you haven't already, please reach down and hit subscribe in your podcast player. And if you have a minute to leave a rating or a review for the show, I would be so grateful. That really just means the world to a podcaster and your feedback is uh, really important to me, particularly if the show means something to you and has been helpful and supportive. Uh, I really, really love knowing that it can get a little lonely on this side of the microphone and uh, just love hearing from you and what you're taking away from these episodes. So you can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or there's a link in my show notes to quickly and easily rate and review the show from wherever you're listening. Just click on that link. And uh, I appreciate it. So last episode, we talked about the hierarchy of nutritional needs as I use it in my practice with my clients. And we talked a little bit about a couple different ways that that can be conceptualized, but I focused mostly on the one that I use with clients which is kind of the order of priority of the things that we think about in terms of nutrition and what we're eating so that we don't get just kind of lost in the weeds of all of the kind of nutritional minutia that we hear all about, just all the noise all around us all the time. And so a quick recap of that is that the most important nutritional need that we have is adequacy. So adequate calories to fuel our metabolic functions, keep us thriving, uh, or in the case of children, growing and thriving. So just enough calories, wherever they come from, is number one. So when I have clients with eating disorders or who really struggle to get enough calories, that is the number one thing that we address first. I'm not so concerned at that point where those calories are coming from. I just am trying to increase intake to establish consistent adequacy, that, that being kind of that bottom of the pyramid. And then once we have adequacy established, we move on to balance. And that is that refers to balance of macro nutrients. So energy yielding nutrients, and those include carbohydrate, protein and fat. And that's what brings me to this next little series that I'm going to be covering. Uh, I'm going to do an episode on each one of those energy substrates as they're called or just energy yielding nutrients. And we're going to start with carbohydrate. And I'm starting there not by accident. Carbohydrate is my priority in this little series uh, because it's your body's priority. And we are going to talk about what I mean when I say that in today's episode and also in the episodes about protein and fat because the way that those other nutrients are metabolized in your body actually depends on the balance of those macronutrients that you're getting. And uh, I will, it's actually kind of cool and fascinating to 
understand a little bit how that works. So that's part of what we're going to be talking about today. I do want to preface this episode and this series with just a statement that this is intended just for for your information, not that you need it. You don't need to understand all of the kind of nutritional biochemistry of the food that you're eating in order to have a very functional relationship with food. I just know that these are topics that people have a lot of questions about. There are a lot of misconceptions and myths that run rampant about these things. And uh, so in the service of myth busting and just kind of demystifying these uh, these nutrients. That's what these conversations are for. If this is boring to you, please feel free to skip these episodes. <laughs> it's a little bit boring to me. I do find the science really fascinating, but uh, I am much more interested in just talking about you and how you relate to food and your story. And uh, these episodes are not really going to have much story involvement. So I kind of miss that a little bit. I'll be excited when we kind of get back to those sorts of topics. But I do like to offer uh, some information here, particularly in light of what we talked about last episode, um, that balance of those macronutrients. I, I wanted to just kind of unpack that information for you in case that's a question that you have. And though I miss the story element, the science really is kind of fascinating, particularly in the sense that a lot of the things that we are taught and a lot of the things that we believe about uh, these nutrients, carbohydrate, protein, and fat, are just false. And my hope with everything that I do, and particularly with these, with these topics that we're going to cover here, is to help you understand how your body works so that you can make choices and behaviors that align with what your body is trying to do for you. Our body's going to do the job that our body is going to do. That's what it's made to do, what it's designed to do to neutralize threats to our well-being. And a lot of the choices that we make that we think are in service of our health uh, really only accomplish our body doing the same thing that it does anyway, except just it has to go to a lot more effort. And again, I will kind of unpack what I mean by that, but that is kind of the spirit in which I offer these conversations. So we're going to start with carbohydrate. And again, because that is your body's priority. So let's just shake off all the beliefs and things that we think we know about carbohydrate. Forget about all of the kind of social, cultural narratives and rhetoric around carbohydrates. Car carbohydrates are basically public enemy number one in a lot of what we hear about nutrition. And I want us to just kind of w clean the slate and just consider this to be like just a straight up kind of biochemistry lesson. So we're going to start with the different types of carbohydrate that you will find in your diet, uh, starting with the most basic and kind of building from there. So we have three different types of carbohydrate molecules. We have monosaccharides, disaccharides, and polysaccharides. So mono, di, poly, one, two, and many. So the three primary monosaccharides that we have are glucose, fructose, and galactose. And those monosaccharides are just a single sugar molecule, a single carbohydrate molecule, uh, which is a chain of six carbons for you science nerds out there. We've just got a chain of carbons that are just kind of structured a little bit differently from one another for those three monosaccharides. And then, as you might guess, 
disaccharides are pairs of those monosaccharides. And so the three primary disaccharides, we have sucrose, which is glucose and fructose combined. We have lactose, which is glucose and galactose, the two monosaccharides, glucose and galactose. And then we have maltose, which is two glucose molecules stuck together. Sucrose is table sugar. So what you sprinkle in your coffee or in your cereal, it's a combination of glucose and fructose. Lactose, of course, is milk sugar. And maltose is found in some grains and cereals and some fruits also. Now, again, and I'll probably mention this from time to time, you don't need to know any of this. (laughs) Unless you're just interested, this is not essential information for you to maintain a diet that is balanced and, and functional and healthy for you. This is just just information in case you're curious. So we've covered mono disaccharides and now polysaccharides are these long chains of carbohydrates. So lots and lots and lots of those uh, simple sugars, those monosaccharides kind of linked together in long, long chains. And you have either within the polysaccharides, you have some that are digestible and some that are not. So your digestible polysaccharides are starches and the Non-digestible polysaccharides include uh, fiber, which it can be either soluble or insoluble, which means they can or cannot be dissolved in water. So like your insoluble fibers are things like roughage, lettuce, kind of rough vegetables. And then soluble fibers are in are those kind of starches. Fun fact about starches that is kind of relevant to this discussion of just kind of their molecular structure. When we add flour or cornstarch, to a soup or a sauce, that is what makes that sauce kind of thicker. And what is happening there is when we add that starch to the soup or the sauce that we're cooking, the starch gets heated up. The bonds between those sugar molecules that are linked together in the starch get broken down and then rebonded in different structures. So if you take a long line of starch and you break it up and you stick it together in kind of more of a branched arrangement, that is what contributes that thickening of those sauces and soups. So not for any kind of nutritional eating choice purposes, but just kind of a cool thing to understand about why we add the cornstarch and the flour and and what what's happening there to to thicken those uh, things that we're cooking. Now there is we could get into the molecular structure to kind of understand why those different types of polysaccharides have those features, digestibility and whatnot. We're not going to get into all that because it's just not that important and it's more than we need to know for these purposes. But the take-home message here is that all these different packages of carbohydrates end up breaking down into glucose. That monosaccharide is, is the most important energy-producing nutrient available to us. So glucose is where we're going to kind of focus most of our attention today. And I also, I'll mention, I did an episode, gosh, I don't know, I'll link it, don't remember what number it was, uh, on sugar. And you know how the, the word sugar has all of these, you know, it's kind of a loaded term, you know, it's scary, it's addictive, all of this. And and so and again, in the service of sort of demystifying this and really understanding what's happening biochemically, 
with sugar. Uh, I did an episode on that. I'll link it in the show notes. You can review that if you like. We're not going to really go there too much today. But suffice it to say, for today's purposes, the purpose of carbohydrate is to supply glucose for your body, which gives us energy. So I'm going to define a few terms here. Uh, one being glycolysis, which is simply the conversion of glucose to energy or ATP, adenosine triphosphate. Uh, if you remember from high school biology, the Krebs cycle, once upon a time, I had the whole thing memorized. I do not have it memorized anymore. There's a lot to it. Um, but feel free to look that up on your own if you're interested. That is just the process of taking one glucose molecule and turning it into ATP or energy that your body can use. Now, that energy is the source of fuel for working muscles, for the brain and central nervous system. And the other function that it has is to maintain blood glucose levels, blood sugar which our body works hard to maintain our, our blood glucose levels within a, a certain range so that glucose will always be available when we need it. So that range does fluctuate. There's some fluctuation within that range, within a normal range of, of blood glucose, uh, because sometimes we're eating, sometimes we're not. Uh, when we eat glucose, when we eat particularly kind of easily digestible carbohydrate, so Sweets would be in that category if you drink juice, anything that just is primarily those uh, mono and disaccharides that just have that really quick available glucose without having to do a lot of digesting before that glucose is liberated. It is absorbed into the bloodstream very quickly. So when we eat, our body senses that glucose is available. Our pancreas produces insulin, which signals that glucose to be taken up into the blood where it can kind of hang out until it's needed somewhere, which generally is going to be pretty quickly, right? We're thinking, we're using our brains, we're using our muscles. There are all kinds of things that require the energy that is yielded from glucose metabolism, Krebs cycle, ATP, energy that goes to fuel those uh, metabolic processes in the central nervous system in the brain and working muscles and other metabolic functions. So when we eat, again, eat insulin, the glucose is taken up into the blood to go do its job. And once that happens, our body can kind of sense and, and again, maintain that range of blood sugar, blood glucose, again, so, so that glucose is available when we need it. And then we are not eating. We fast all night long, generally. We have times in between meals that we're not eating. And at that point, our blood sugar drops, okay? Not real low, unless we have a problem with insulin, if we have diabetes. Um, as barring all of that, our, our blood sugar drops as we fast, as we spend time not eating anything, not providing additional sources of fuel, of energy, of carbohydrate. So when that happens, our body has to figure out a way, and, and, and I'll, I'll underscore this, I should have said this before, um, another thing that I hope that you'll get out of these episodes, if you're choosing to listen to these episodes, is just a respect for how elegant and sophisticated our body's functions are for just keeping our bodies in equilibrium and homeostasis, which is a dynamic process. It's, it's homeostasis doesn't mean static, right? Like it's changing all the time, but 
our body is is working all the time to maintain all of these levels of all of these different things and keep things m- moving and changing and and fluxing. Is that a word? Fluxing uh, to keep things within range. And this is just one example of that. So when we are not eating, we're fasting either overnight or between meals, our blood sugar drops, our body senses that blood sugar has dropped. And there are two ways that our body uses to maintain the amount of glucose in our bloodstream. So it doesn't get just just keep getting lower and lower and lower as it gets used up. It stays within that range. It doesn't drop below that normal range. And those two ways are uh, one called glycogen, which is another fancy term for glucose that is stored in the liver for future use. So glycogen is sort of a a nice tidy package of glucose that's just kind of ready to go when we need it. Now, this is really cool, but it is limited. Uh, In athletes, if you are maybe an endurance athlete, your blood sugar that's kind of there from the food that you ate uh, will combine with glycogen utilization that will last you maybe 20 minutes, maybe less if you're doing something that's really high intensity. So that's not a very long time. So thankfully, our bodies have another really cool way to provide glucose to the blood so that we have the fuel that we need to keep our brains working and our muscles working. And we do not, when blood sugar gets too low, we encounter mental fatigue and physical fatigue because we've got uh, muscles and our brains and central nervous systems that rely on that blood glucose to keep functioning. And if things kind of run out, we, we do run into the, that fatigue, both mental and physical. And so the other way that our body has to maintain blood glucose is a process called gluconeogenesis, which gluco, glucose, neo, new, genesis, making, synthesizing, creating. So making new glucose. And this is what I mean when I say carbohydrate is your body's priority. Glucose is your body's priority. If you're not eating enough carbohydrate, your body will take other things and mix them up and rearrange them into glucose because our our need for glucose is that great, which is why a lot of dietitians like myself don't love this whole trend of like carbohydrates are the bad guys, like your body will literally take whatever it is that you're eating if you're not eating any carbohydrate at all and scramble it up and make it into glucose for you, which is why I mentioned um, your body is going to do what bodies do. And if we're not eating adequate carbohydrate, we're just introducing a lot of extra steps that our body has to take. And that also means that those other things that our body utilized to create glucose don't get used for their actual purpose. Protein is an example. If we're eating tons of protein and trying to eat low carbohydrate, our body will take that protein and turn it into glucose, which means we don't get to use it as protein. And we'll talk more about protein in the next episode. But uh, just really driving home this point that your body needs the glucose and it will get it wherever it can. And why wouldn't we want to just accommodate our bodies and just provide that in in the form of carbohydrate working together with our bodies, which is kind of what I'm all about. So in terms of balance, which is that second tier on the nutritional hierarchy of needs that I talked about last episode, we want 
to have a balance of these macronutrients, these energy yielding nutrients overall, and also kind of within our individual meals and snacks. Now, obviously, and I'm not talking about numbers for a reason. I'm not talking about how many grams you need of carbohydrate for a reason. Uh, that reason being that's going to be a little different for each person. And it doesn't matter that much in terms of an individual meal or even an individual day. We're looking at kind of overall uh, intake patterns and kind of prioritizing a balance of those things over time. And so if we are eating a reasonable balance of those macronutrients over time, our body can work with that. It doesn't have to be the same within every meal. It doesn't have to be the same every day. And unless we have a, a pretty fraught relationship with food, they're not going to be the same every day. It's kind of, you would have to work really, really hard to maintain the exact proportions, the exact same proportions of these macronutrients every day. And I don't want you to work that hard when it comes to uh, choosing your foods and your eating patterns. I don't, I don't want it to be that much work and effort. It doesn't need to be. Our bodies don't need it to be. And that kind of messes with your life. It's intrusive. I want you to spend your time and energy and attention on other things. And if we eat in a way that feels good with some mindfulness around uh, kind of the, the gentle nutrition component of keeping in mind generally what we what is in the foods that we're eating, just knowing that these foods have some protein, these foods have some carbohydrate, uh, we, these foods have fat in them, um, we can just eat in a way that works for us and that feels good and is functional for us and our individual bodies. So that's my hope for you. So no numbers, no proportions. We're not going to worry about the, worry about all of that. But I do want to mention that most of your meals and snacks are going to have some source of carbohydrate. Most foods have some carbohydrate in them. And unless we're working really, really hard to avoid them, then we're going to have some primary sources of carbohydrate in each meal and snack. And part of this understanding of how carbohydrate behaves in our bodies, how our blood takes up glucose from what we eat. It makes sense that consistent carbohydrate intake throughout the day, like you're not going to have, you know, all your protein in the morning and all your fat at lunch and all your carbohydrate at dinner. Like we, it really helps our bodies again in this, in the spirit of aligning and partnering with our bodies and what we know about how our bodies metabolize these nutrients, it makes sense that we would want to kind of have a consistent intake of carbohydrate throughout the day so that we always have a source of glucose to maintain our blood sugar for those purposes that we've been talking about. Because our blood sugar is so dynamic and it's always kind of shifting and changing, uh, it, it is helpful to just consistently be providing a source of glucose for the blood so that our body doesn't have to work so hard, either depleting our liver glycogen stores to liberate glucose from storage or to create glucose from other stuff that we need for other things, right? So really just consistently throughout the day, providing those sources of carbohydrate 
sources of glucose so that our body just has what it needs. It's just an efficient way of providing what our body needs to maintain that blood sugar for the function of our working muscles and our brains and those other metabolic functions that require energy. So I'm going to leave it at that for today for our conversation about carbohydrate. If you have questions, send me an email. I'd love to uh, maybe do a an episode about to follow up on on some of the questions that come up here. I know there are there's a lot of chatter about these things um, in our surroundings and our environments, and uh, I would consider doing a follow up episode for these uh, for this series. Um, if you wanted to send me an email, uh, that is something I would think about. I would consider. This is just a really quick overview. Um, I hope it will enhance your understanding of carbohydrates are not the enemy. Our body needs what it needs. Glucose is where we get our energy. It's where it's what gets our brains working. It's how our brains work. It's how our muscles work. We will fatigue. We will hit a wall if we run out of glucose. Our bodies like carbohydrate. They like glucose. They need it. And so I hope you can take away from this conversation that carbohydrates are not the enemy. They are our friends, which is great because there are a lot of really yummy foods that have lots of carbohydrates. Send me your questions. Um, I hope this has been helpful and interesting to you. Or if not, skip it. Doesn't matter. You don't need the information. Our body knows everything it needs to know to do what it needs to do for us. But if it helps you be less afraid of carbohydrates, if it helps you kind of understand the purpose of distributing uh, carbohydrate intake throughout the day, not only kind of with ad- adequacy, but a balance and a balance kind of over time, then I feel good about that. And I hope that's helpful. So next episode, we will talk about protein. And then the following, we will talk about fat. And then uh, maybe if I have some questions from you, I can field those in an episode to follow. So that's all I got. I hope you have a fantastic day and I look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. Now that you're here, I hope you'll stick around. I have so much I want to share with you. So reach down and hit subscribe so you don't miss it. You can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Or for an easy way to rate and review the show from right inside your podcast player, click the Rate the Show link in the show notes. For more resources and for information on how we can work together, visit me online at kznutrition.com. And most importantly, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend or on your social media. That really is the best way for us to connect with more beautiful humans and grow this community. Until next time, I'm sending you big warm hugs. See you soon.